Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16, reading from verse number 15. Now it happened, as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us, who brought his master much profit by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. This This she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her that very hour. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, he seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace of the, to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrate and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or deserve, observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrate tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stock. There are so many interesting things that can be pulled from these verses of scripture. So many so many lessons that we can learn. But one thing you'll find is that from this verse of scripture, the Bible is telling us about the encounter of Paul with a girl possessed with the spirit of divination. In that verse, I want you to notice while the Bible refers to the spirit of divination, refers to the workings of the spirit of divination. The Bible calls the spirit of divination, it said the Bible calls it fortune telling. Okay? Fortune telling. And the Bible does not smile and give it a seal of approval. It tells you that it's the spirit that the Lord Almighty considered to be against his own spirit, and that's why Paul the Apostle casted it out. So if you are involved in fortune telling, you should see this verse of the scripture makes you to understand that this is not in line with the word of God. But that is a story for another day. The Bible goes on to tell us that this particular girl kept on pestering Paul the Apostle, kept on announcing that they were the men of God. And Paul the Apostle knew that it was the demon in her that was speaking. And the Bible tells us that Paul the Apostle turned around and now spoke to that demon and said, get out. And that demon got out. Causing the owner of the girl to become very, very, in my usual language, pissed. And because he was pissed, he decided to cause trouble for Paul and his associate. The Bible tells us that what happened uh, as a lot of trouble ended, you know, because of the trouble that the owner of the girl caused, Paul found himself in jail. Now, several things that we can learn from this verse of the scripture. One of the things that we can see, the motivation of the master, of the girl's master, because she was making money from this girl, okay? 
the spirit of he was he was giving fortune telling and he was getting money from these people so you can see why this man was angry you can see why this man wanted to deal with Paul because we have just spoiled his business number two we see the we see the master's calling we see the, the girl's master calling for causing trouble for Paul yes he will cause trouble for Paul because Paul has just succeeded in destroying his business okay he probably must have built a company fortune telling incorporated you call 911 and you begin to go you begin to get what is happening tell me what is going to happen what is the result of Titan and the, and the Dallas Cowboy. What happened? This guy lost a business. And then he got very angry. And then what happened? He had to cause a lot of trouble for the person that, you know, that, that caused his business to fail. Number three, we see the incitement of the city against Paul. And this is a very interesting part because you see that the whole, you know, the city has just been delivered from a lying spirit. The city has just been delivered from a deception of a, de of a demonic spirit. And now they are angry because they are delivered. Isn't that interesting? The Bible does not want to see people set free. And that is why you will see that when the gospel comes and the people are delivered, one or two people will not be angry. And if they are influential enough, they will gather other people together to be able to cause trouble. Number 14 we see is the incitement of the mob. If you have been close to me long enough, you will know that I'm always I'm not a very big fan of the, of the mob. Because I believe that the mob are always very stupid. There are many people who fight things they don't even understand. People who criticize things they don't even understand. People who get in arguments who don't even understand what they're arguing about. People are people who are rioting and carrying placards for a cause they have no understanding of. Just because they saw people moving in one direction, they follow suit. The Bible says that the people started, you know, they were rioting. They wanted to kill Paul. But the, the idea is that they don't even benefit from the spirit of divination. The only guy that was benefiting was the one that is inciting the riot. The others are just useful idiots who are following this man up and down. So we see the incitement of the, of the, of the mob. And then finally you see the miscarriage of justice. Bible says that the magistrates stripped the clothes of Paul, the apostle, and Silas, and then decided to whip the daylight out of them, and then put them in jail. That tells us that the enemy creates fear in the heart of people. Because when you see men who are being flogged in the street, when you see their clothes being torn, when you see them being casted in the prison, how dare you come out and preach that same gospel again? Because you don't want to go through that same situation. And the same thing happens in our society. You look at an individual, you tell the truth, and it destroy your life. You make a particular, you take a particular stand, and the whole world is against you. You are so intimidated that you don't even want to open your mouth to speak the truth anymore. That is the operation of the enemy. And these are some of the things that we see in this verse of the scripture. But the interesting thing is that that is not where we're going tonight. Just wanted to point out those things. That is not where we're going tonight. There are so many things that we can learn, but that is not one of the lessons that we are going to be focusing on tonight. The question that we want to deal with this very evening is this. Why will God allow Paul the Apostle to be sent into prison in the first place? Why? You remember that this was a guy... The Bible tells us that here was a man who was who received a revelation that God made it, you know, give him, God gave him a revelation that this is the place I want you to go. This is a Lord, this is a man who had the gift, who received the, the, the grace of God to be able to minister to somebody in that same city. The Lord God Almighty opened the door of opportunity for him. He gave him the opportunity to minister to Lydia in verse number 14. He gave him the opportunity to be able to lead the household to faith. He was the one, it was the, in response to Paul's vision that he received that the doors of ministry were opened unto Paul in this part of the world. And all of a sudden, the God that opened that door, the God that gave him that particular victory in ministry, the God that opened the door of ministry unto him, ended up, for all of a sudden, this same guy ended up in prison. 
And then you begin to wonder, what is going on, God? You asked me to go there. And then all of a sudden, I end up in prison. You remember the story the Bible tells us that when Jesus Christ, after ministering to a group of people, after they have eaten, the Lord Jesus Christ said that his disciples should go to the other side. Right? And as they were going, the Bible said that Jesus Christ was the one that told them to go. They entered the ship, and all of a sudden, there was a storm. Are you saying that Jesus Christ is not no? Why would, he, would Jesus Christ want to put his disciples under, put his, uh, his disciples in, in harm's way? Why would he want to put them in there? These were the people they did not make up their mind that they were going to cross on their own. Jesus gave them the instruction. And now there was a storm that was going on. This is what we're asking. Why is it that Paul, who received an instruction to go to Macedonia, why did he end up in jail? Let's pick up the story from verse number 25, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16, reading from verse number 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymn unto God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so the foundation of the prison was shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and every chain was loosed. And the keeper of the prison awoken from sleep, seeing the prison door open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword, and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And they brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved, you and your household. And when they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house, and he took them that same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. And when he had brought them into his house, he set foot before them, and he rejoiced, and having been believed and, and having believed in God with all his household. Now, from this verse of the scripture, we begin to see why Paul the apostle ended up in prison. Okay, we begin to see why he and his team have to travel the road of, the, of, the, of that particular jail to be able to fulfill the purpose of why God had brought them to that particular city. Bible told us that while Paul the apostle was in jail, instead of mourning and feeling sorry for himself, instead of telling you, know, the Bible tells that Paul and, uh, Paul and Silas uh, began to sing and to praise God in the middle of the night. The Bible says suddenly there was an earthquake. The prison doors were flung open. The prisoners, you know, and the, and the prison keeper, you know, thinking that all the prisoners were about, were, uh, died, you know, had run away, he decided to kill himself. You will expect that Paul the Apostle would, if Paul were living in our day right now, I can bet you he will see that particular earthquake and the doors of the prison opening. He will see it as an opportunity, a great miracle for God that has delivered me from prison. You, I can imagine that particular time he would have been thinking of the title of the book that he will write. The great escape from the great persecution of the wicked people. He would have been thinking of the CNN interview he will give. How he will stand in there. Oh, we were praying. Ah, and the heavens were open. Ah, and the gates were open. Ah, and there was a lot of earthquake. Ah, and there was the thing was shaking. Ah, and the Lord lose, and they will begin to embellish those things. You can imagine that. I mean, he will write a book. They will create T-shirts for that particular escape. You will escape. You will expect him to run away. But look at this foolish uh, Jewish man who wants to preach the gospel at all costs. The guy stood there. You will expect that the man who was supposed to keep the place when he wanted to kill himself. That's another miracle. Okay. Because here was a man who was to make sure that he remained in prison. The man was about to kill himself. What will be? Nobody will be watching the prison door. That would be freedom for them to walk away. They told the apostle, being the stupid man that he was, he stopped him. He said, don't kill yourself, we are all here. The door is open, my friend. 
You can walk out. The chains are falling. The man is about to kill himself. All you have to do is just walk out. You have a good excuse. That is even making the testimony even sweeter. Because by the time you say, oh, and the Lord, the devil was a liar. The man had to kill himself. And God set us free. But Paul the Apostle said, no, that's not the way God is doing this business today. But instead, the Bible said, Paul stopped the guy. And then asked, you know, tell him not to kill himself. Paul ministered unto him and his household, and they became sick. The man had the opportunity to escape. He had a sin, but they refused to escape. And the question is, why did he do that? Why did God send Paul to Macedonia only to have him arrested and put in jail? Why will Paul be singing praises unto God who had allowed him to be arrested in the first place? Only a moron will do that. God allowed you to be put in jail. God allowed you to be whipped. God allowed your clothes to be torn. God now open, you know, you make sure that you remain in jail and now at midnight you are singing praises to that God. Something is wrong with you. You probably need a therapist. Why will Paul the Apostle keep the prison keeper? Why will he tell the prison keeper not to kill himself? Okay? Well, the Bible did not give us any reason. Okay? The Bible did not tell us, go by step by step, why these things are done. But you can infer that the only way a man can sing in a difficult time, the only way a man can sing when life is challenging, the only way a man can sing at the prison, you know, in the prison of life, the only way you can sing is number one, when you know that God's leading does not mean that you are going to live a trouble-free life. That's the only way you can sing. When the prison door, when you are sitting down in the prison of life. The only way you can do that is when you know that the leading of the Almighty God, the revelation of the Almighty God for your life, the things that God has said and spoken concerning your life, does not mean that you are not going to have trouble in life. When you understand that, then you will be able to sing in your prison door, when, your prison, when you are sitting down in the prison of life. Number two, you are only able to sing in the prison of life when you know that doing the work of God does not always mean that it's going to be acceptable to all. That when you are doing good to somebody, that you will always that you will be the most popular guy. No. When you understand that, then when the prison of life is holding you down, then you can begin to sing the praise of the Almighty God. Because you know that doing good work, doing the work of God, does not necessarily mean that you will be accepted by all. Number three, how can you sing in the prison of life? The man who will sing in the prison of life is the one who knows that your service in the kingdom will sometimes attract opposition and persecution. Because that's what happened to these guys. They were doing the service of the Almighty God. Paul the Apostle did not just go to that city of his own accord. He received a clear revelation. He received a clear instruction. The leading of the Holy Spirit was there. And he went there in accordance with the dictate of the Holy Spirit. And when he got there, he found opposition and he found persecution. He found himself in prison. And that tells you that the only way a man can be singing in time, singing in prison, the only time a person can be rejoicing in adversity is when they understand that in the service of the kingdom, there is going to be opposition, there is going to be persecution. When they know that, it's easy for you to sing. Number five. Number four, you are able to sing when you in the, you, know, you are able to sing in the prison of life uh, when you understand that the, the service in the kingdom of God sometimes takes you to the place where you don't want to go, takes you in the direction that you don't want to travel. It sometimes makes you out a preacher when you don't want to be a preacher. Okay? It sometimes makes you to do things you don't want to do. With service in the kingdom takes you in the direction sometimes that you don't want to go. And that was what the Lord Jesus Christ told the poor Peter. He told Peter, he said, he said, now that you are young, you go to the place you want to go. He said, but the time will come when you will want to go one way, you will not be able to go there because 
the service of the kingdom. When you are able to, you are able to sing in the prison of life. When you know that God is in control of every situation. Sometimes we have been fed with this story that when God is in control, everything will be alright, everything will work out well. Sometimes everything doesn't work out very well. Okay? Sometimes everything doesn't work out very well. You can ask the three Hebrew children. The Bible makes us understand that they said they were not going to bow down. By, uh, the, the king said, well, if you don't bow down, we are going to make sure we, we are going to make you a good barbecue. He said, well, fine. The Lord will deliver us. But look at the next statement that was made. He said, even if the Lord does not deliver us, which means that sometimes the Lord will allow you to go through certain difficult things. Not because he doesn't, he doesn't have the ability to deliver you, but sometimes because he wants to do it, that's just the way he chose to do it. And that is why, if you read the book of Acts of the Apostles, the Bible makes us understand that when Peter was arrested, okay, James was also arrested at that point in time. Bible says that Herod was able to chop off the head of James, but he kept Peter alive. Why? I don't know, but that was the direction he wanted it to go. One of them had to have his head chopped off, the other one has to go on. Has to be woken up by the angel and say, walk out of prison. The point we are making is that when you can only think, when you know that God is in control of everything, and he might not give you the result that you want, but you must know that he's in control. And then for number six, you can only sing in your prison, in the prison of life, when you, when you understand that your attitude matters in every situation. Paul the apostle could have sat down there and begin to mourn. And say, God, why you do this to me? Okay? And begin to, you know, he can have all sorts of excuses. After all, I was a good Pharisee. I was having a good time before you stopped me. Now look at what you did to me. You just messed up my life. Now I'm sitting down here. Nobody will recognize my word. He can argue to all the sin. I'm trying to save these people and now they are beating me. Let them all go to hell. Just like, uh, just like Jonah said to, to the people of Nineveh. So let them all die. But Paul did not do that. The Bible says that in the middle of the night, he started rejoicing and he started, you know, Started you know, singing the praise of the Almighty God. You can only do that when you understand that your attitude in every situation is very, very important in the way you walk with the Almighty God. And finally, you can only sing in the prison of life when everything, when you understand that everything happens for a purpose. Bible tells in the book of Romans chapter eight. If you read from verse number twenty-eight, it says that we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. And to those who are called according to his purpose. Look at the qualifier there. Those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. So when you are suffering from misbehaving, don't think that is not God's, that is not, that is not God's business. You, that, you got yourself into that one. But when you are in the service of the Almighty God and you are doing things according to the purpose of the Almighty God, all things work together for good. In other words, as far as God is concerned, there is no accident. There is no surprise. He knows the end. From the very beginning, that's what the Bible tells us. Now the question is, why is it important for all you for you to understand what it takes to be able to sing in prison? You must understand. You know, it is important because when, when you understand that God's leading does not always mean that you are going to live a trouble-free life, it prepares you for what God throws for what the life for what life throws at you. When you know that life is going to have its challenges, when you do not buy into the illusion that you are going to live a stress-free life, you find out that when things don't go the way it's supposed to go, you are prepared and you are ready for it. When you understand that doing the work of God, or doing good, or being a good person, does not always mean that you are going to be accepted or appreciated. It means that you know how to deal with rejection. You know how to deal with things when it's not going the way for you. 
many believers find it very difficult to be able to handle rejection because they believe that because they are doing good, the whole world is supposed to line up at their feet and just worship them because they are good people. But it doesn't work like that. The Bible tells in the book of John chapter 1, speaking about Jesus himself in verse number 10, he said that he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world knew him not. If you read verse number 11, he said he came to his own and his own received him not. In other words, the people that he came for, those people rejected him. So if they rejected Jesus, who are you? Who am I? We are going to be rejected. They will not appreciate what you say to them. They will not understand what you are saying to them. If you bring the good news and you present it on a platter of gold, there are people who are going to throw it at your face and not accept it. But does that mean you stop doing what you are doing? So when you understand that your goodness does not mean that you are going to be accepted, it makes it very easy when they reject you because they are not rejecting you, they are rejecting the message that you are giving, that you are, that you are trying to present. Number three, when you understand that your service in this kingdom will attract opposition and persecution, when you understand that it will sometimes take you to places where you don't want to go, then it will prepare you for what life will throw at you. It will prepare you for the opposition that you will see. It will prepare you for the persecution that you are going to experience. It will prepare you for the difficulty that life Life is going to present in your feet. When you know these things are there, it is when we assume that as soon as you become born again, life will begin to treat you like a celebrity. When you have that illusion at the back of your mind, the very first time you preach and nobody raised their hand for salvation, that's when you begin to worry, what's wrong? Can't you people see? I came here to give you the message of salvation. You should be glad I came in here. What's wrong with you people? Eh? This is a message, a clear message, but the Bible says that the things of God are foolishness to those who are perishing. So you must understand, when we understand that, it makes it very easy for us to see the reactions of people. When we understand that our service in the kingdom will take us to places where we do not go. When we end up in prison, we are not surprised. You don't begin to wonder, ah, I'm in prison. Huh? No, that is what the Bible says. You are going to be there. He said, those who, will suffer, those who will live righteously will suffer persecution. So when you are suffering, you don't begin to wonder, what happened to me? It is not new. That is just the way it is. When you understand these things, when you understand that your attitude matters, the fact that people will not always accept or be, be accepting or be loving or be accommodating of the gospel message, it changes the way you react. I remember when I was growing up and, and when I was starting this ministry business, when we go out and we do this door-to-door evangelism, a brother that I will go out with will tell me, he will see the way I'm walking myself, walking myself, he said, boy, relax, man, relax. He's the person, your, your job is to deliver the message. Whether they take the message or they don't take the message, that's a different story. It is not your job to convert anybody. It is not your job to get people saved. Your job is to present the message. And what they do with the message is left to them. If God wants to save them, he will. If they are willing to accept, they will accept. But it is not for you to put a hammer on their head. But there is a, there is a, there is this, there is this idea within the church that when we go to people, they must accept. If they don't accept, then there is a problem, and then we feel very bad. We get very angry. We get very, very itchy and touchy. And at the end of the day, we become very annoyed. And then we stop talking to people who do, who disagree with us. When you stop talking to people who disagree with you, how are you going to preach the gospel? The whole idea is that when you know that your attitude matters. In the way you relate with the Almighty God and relate with people, it changes the way everything. Because you know that they are not rejecting you as a person. They are rejecting the message of the cross. And when you now begin to see that, when you begin to walk with the Almighty God, and you cause your attitude to, to continue to reflect the glory of God, you see that people begin to respond to it. The question this evening is this. During this holiday season, a lot of people have difficulty accepting the notion of a good God. 
They begin to ask themselves, why will I praise the God that allowed me to be molested? Why will I praise the God that will not that allow me to lose my father, lose my mother, lose my job? Why will I, I why will I pray to a God or praise a God or or give thanks to a God who did not provide for me, who did not protect me, who did not keep me from the hands of the wicked ones? Why will I praise a God or worship a God or begin to thank a God who does not seem to be there for me? Those are some of the questions that people are asking. And these are the questions that have always troubled the heart of men. Because when you ask people, they say, oh, I don't believe in God because there is a lot of evil. There are so many, these are legitimate questions that people are asking. And unfortunately, it's not just those who are outside of the church. Even for people within the church, they ask the same question. Does that mean that they are not, you know, does that mean that those, those, those emotions are not valid? No. It means that those emotions are valid. But the only thing is that it, you know, it also means that if you are going to be able to rise above those particular emotions that has kept us in prison, if we are going to be able to rise above those things that has held us down, not allow us to see the sunlight, but only to see the cloud, if you are going to rise above those things that kept us locked down in the same spot, we must be convinced we must come to a realization that God knows everything that you are going through whether good or bad he knows it Bible said that he has inscribed us on the palm of his hands which means he knows he said that you are the apple of his eyes Jesus Christ said that if you look at the flowers how beautiful array he looked at he said none of them he said, even Solomon in all his glory is not well dressed compared to those flowers he said but if those ones just go into they are here today and they die tomorrow he said you are much more important to God than all these things that he has taken time to create the point we are making is that even if things are difficult even life is not going on very well even, we are, even if we are sitting down in a prison of life my brothers and sisters for you to be able to praise God in difficult situations, you must be convinced that God knows what you are going through. That God knows your number. And like one of my professors will say that he has your name on his refrigerator. Okay? <laughs> number two, for you to be able to praise God, you must be persuaded that God will never leave you. He said, behold, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In other words, even when you are not feeling his presence, even when you think he is not there, even when you think he is not listening, even when you think that his ears are deaf unto you, you find out that the presence of the Almighty God is always there. So you must know, for us to be able to praise God in the prison of life, you must be persuaded that God will never leave you. He's as close to you as you can, you know, as you can be to him. Number three. For you to be able to sing praise and say praise God and give him thanks in the prison of life, you must be assured that it is just that your situation is just for a season. I'm sure many of us have heard the story about the fact when they are talking about the favorite verse of the scripture. And people came when they were talking about all the beautiful verse of the scripture that they know. And until this old man came and they asked him, What is your favorite verse of the scripture? and he said, And it came to pass. Which means that it never it never lasts forever. And you know this popular book where people say tough times last, uh, tough, time, tough times never last, but tough people do. There are so many, what you want to understand is that the Lord God Almighty, just for you to be able to sing praises to the Almighty God in a very difficult situation, in a time when you don't even feel like singing, is for you to be assured that whatever you are going through, whatever the season of life that you are in right now, is just for a season. If I would say weeping may endure for a night, he said, but joy comes in the morning. That is what Paul the Apostle understood. When he started singing praises to the Almighty God. For you to be able to sing praise to the Almighty God, you must understand that all things work together for good to those who love God. In other words, God will bring out the good 
out of every mess that you might find yourself. And that's what happened to Paul the Apostle. Bible says they were singing. They never knew that the person who was supposed to keep them in jail was, so, was now going to be the person that they will be ministering to. It was now going to be the person who will benefit from the grace of God that is available through them, you know, that has been made available through the preaching of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we must understand that all things work together for good if you are going to be able to sing praise to the Almighty God. You must also understand that you must resolve you must, you must resolve that even if things do not change, that you will remain faithful. And that is the, cha- that is the challenges that most of the Christians face today. The Bible tells in the book of Job, He said, even if he slays me, I will yet praise him. In other words, regardless of what happens to me in life, regardless of the circumstances, circumstances that I find myself, regardless of how things turn out, it doesn't matter the result of the situation of life. I have made up my mind that I will walk with him. That even if he slays me, I will continue to follow the Almighty God. That is the only way in which you can continue to sing praises, even in difficult times. That is the only way you can continue to maintain the presence of the Almighty God. And the man or the woman who will sing praises to the Almighty God in the prison of life must a man must be a man who is convinced that the word of God which says that the Lord God Almighty inhabits the praise of his people, which means as you begin to sing his praise, even in difficult times, he appears in that situation. Even if you don't know, he appears. And until the Lord God Almighty shows up in your situation, everything remains the same. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.